Grace, peace, and mercy from, to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sola Scriptura is the simple truth that Holy Scripture, being God's Word, is the sole source of our saving knowledge of God, the only source of the gospel of Christ that leads to our salvation. It's hard to find an earthly example for this kind of knowledge when faced with critical or important decisions to make in our lives or situations, we likely and wisely uh, look for reliable knowledge. This time of year, we might be looking for that knowledge as we do our taxes so we can avoid penalties from the government or even get a better refund. Um, our thoughts also might turn to our children and their education upcoming if they're seniors and we're looking for good schools for them to attend to and, and good career choices. Perhaps the closest earthly example we could get to this kind of knowledge might be a serious situation of where we're seeking medical advice for a sick loved one or even for ourselves. And in that situation, we're apt to find reliable information from many sources that lead to a better understanding and greater knowledge of our situation. But when it comes to eternal salvation and understanding our relationship with God, there is only one source, and that is sola scriptura, or scripture alone. It is the only source of all we can know about God. But how can this be? God has surely given all people some general knowledge of himself, hasn't he? And the answer to that would be yes. We all have a knowledge of God, or a small g God, that has revealed himself through creation. But this is not a saving knowledge of God. This general knowledge does not reveal God as a heavenly father. In it, there is no knowledge of God's mercy. People may have faith in something, and may erroneously place their trust in a false God. They may rage at God, not understanding him, or simply ignore him, at least as best they can. In our text from Luke, Jesus is rejoicing in the Holy Spirit that knowledge of salvation is hidden from the wise and understanding, or the learned. This was spoken up in our epistle text. And revealed to the disciples, who he speaks of as little children, this can also be interpreted as infants. They had been sent to preach the kingdom, to teach that the kingdom of God had come near. And this kingdom was the fact that the very presence of Christ was in their midst, in the midst of all those around him. Yet they rejoiced over having demons obey them as they proclaimed Jesus' name. Jesus had already proved his power over Satan and rebuking him in the wilderness when he was tempted. He did it with the words from Scripture. The words they had heard from Jesus were words of Scripture as well. And those revealed to them that their names were written in heaven, even before Scripture existed. That was what they should have truly been rejoicing about. They were among the elect, yet they rejoiced in what they witnessed in their works. Why refer to the disciples, or even us as believers, as infants or children? We typically think of them as knowing little or understanding little. But the infants are those that accept the word of God that is spoken with an innocent faith. We see this in little children who sing so freely and with such great joy about Jesus and his love for them. It is a faith that simply trusts in what it hears in God's word. 
The disciples had simply gone at the instructions of Jesus, done what he commanded, and returned rejoicing. The wise and learned in the text are those that are trusting in their own knowledge and reason that blinds them to the Word of God. You might recall some words in Scripture that, isn't he the carpenter's son? He saved others. Let him save himself. Or nothing good comes from Nazareth. Those that are like infants or children are the fertile ground, the good soil Jesus spoke of, where the seed of God's Word, Scripture, falls and creates saving faith. Those trusting in their own reason and knowledge are the rocky places where the Word of God is snatched away before it can grow. They are the thorny ground where the Word is choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. One's own reason, corrupted by sin, tries to make God fit into the place where we make for him within our own rules. This was the problem Luther faced 500 years ago when the Roman church had raised the teaching of the church fathers and even the pope to a place above Holy Scripture. The abuses Luther protested were the result of a turn, of a turn from sola scriptura to the teachings and traditions of men that had not only added to Scripture, but had overshadowed it. Teaching that, in, teaching that included things like selling of indulgences and visiting and taking pilgrimages to adore relics was ways of earning or purchasing one's way into heaven and securing for one's own salvation or that of a relative from the, church, from the clutches of purgatory. This adding to Scripture resulted then, as it always does, in a scheme of salvation by works that obscured the gospel. It was man's way of seeking to soothe his conscience in his own way before God versus relying on Scripture to inform him of God's great mercy that had been proclaimed since the fall and had been completed on the cross by Christ. Even today, we seek other ways to be sure of our salvation rather than simply trust in what Scripture tells us. Jesus said in our text, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. The Son reveals the Father and his love for us through Scripture. Yet we, like the 22, like the 22, 72 disciples can be tempted with a desire to see something in ourselves and what we do or participate in that makes us worthy of God's favor and salvation. We may look to our own reason or knowledge for proof of our salvation, and it can be as simple as a glance at someone and a thought of, I have my spiritual life together better than they do. Oh, thank God. And all of a sudden, we are the Pharisee standing at the synagogue next to the tax collector that is beating his chest. Or possibly we beat our chest, simply wanting to look so lowly as the tax collector before others, only to raise ourselves up. At the same time, do we discount the things God has ordained and given through Scripture as his signs of grace and mercy? Things simply given to us through faith in Christ. When we look to ourselves, it is easy for baptism to become something we do as our own work versus seeing it as the work of God done even in little children and infants. After all, we do bring our children to be baptized. 
And that certainly is a good thing to do, but it doesn't save us. During the words of institution for Holy Communion, the word remembrance, as in do this in remembrance of me, can be focused on making the supper simply that, a remembrance, like that of a birthday, an anniversary, or other special occasion, versus remembering the words of Jesus. This is my body, and this is my blood. The promise that within the supper, there is the real body and blood of Christ present for the forgiveness of sins and the strengthening of our faith. How easily might we remember him and think of our own good deeds versus truly thinking and meditating on Christ, his words that are from Scripture. Jesus prays his high priestly prayer in John 17, verse 20. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will, be, who will believe in me through their word. He is praying for his disciples and all who will believe, including all who believe today and in the future, including you and me. And it's through the words recorded in Scripture by the apostles that we have faith. Second Peter 1.21 says, Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Even as Peter records these words and speaks these words, that is the Holy Spirit speaking Scripture through him and Scripture that he will write. He's speaking of Scripture that gives a knowledge of salvation that the general knowledge of God or a God in general cannot give. Jesus prays for us to believe through the hearing of his word that is recorded in Holy Scripture. It is what Luther attempted to move the Roman church back toward at Worms when he asked that he simply be shown from Scripture alone that he was in error. Our own reason and knowledge will result in similar errors requiring us to look only to Scripture and not through traditions and arguments of men that go against it. In 2 Timothy 3, Paul speaks of Timothy's faith. From childhood, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. It is Scripture alone that gives us wisdom, that can save us, that can give knowledge about our true relationship with God, where he saves us from sin himself through his Son, Jesus Christ. It is God who, through the power of Holy Scripture, brings us into his family and corrects the relationship that is broken by our sin. He brings us to himself. When we seek the knowledge of a professional for things of major importance, like taxes or medical advice, we do it realizing we do not have all the answers and we need help of an authority. Our knowledge and reason is not us up to the task. Scripture is the knowledge and authority God has given us to know him and our salvation won by Christ on the cross. Jesus, in giving his disciples and us the Lord's Prayer, points us to the truth of that relationship we receive through the power of Scripture alone. We are made children of God who can call on him in a most tender way, without fear. We can trust him for all of our daily needs, but more importantly, in his guiding hand that leads us to eternal life. Even in the midst of suffering, our prayer is always, thy will be done, so that we may be safe 
we kept in this faith we have in Christ until our death in this life. Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone, gives us all the knowledge of God we need for salvation. It was confessed by the Apostle Peter when he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. It was confessed by Luther as he demanded under the threat of death to simply be shown from Scripture alone where his doctrine was an error. Now as we travel in this season of Lent, we see our brokenness and look to Scripture alone for Christ and the salvation he has won for us through his suffering, death, and resurrection. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.